welcome to Hashtag Analytics, a conversation between two individuals, one who's super passionate and one who's super opinionated, both around the topic of analytics. I'm Ann Jackson. I am an analytics evangelist. I run my own consulting firm. You can follow me on Twitter for cat emojis and visualizations at Ann U. Jackson or head to my blog at jackson2.com. And I'm Lou Stanky. I am an analytics, analytics professional. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Luke Stanky. And you can also hop on to workout-wednesday.com workout to uh, do some funky Tableau training stuff. Luke, tell everyone who we have on as our guest today. Yes, we have the multi-award winning Tableau Zen Master, Vizzy Champion of the World, Mike Cisneros. Mike, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me, Luke. Thank you for having me, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Anne, what are we talking about this episode? So, I think we have a lot of topics of, on the docket in terms of discussion. One thing I wanted to start with, Mike, was you seem like someone who has a natural passion for the community and nurturing new talent. I don't necessarily mean by age, but I mean by experience or how much they're involved. Can you start us off and talk to us a little bit about why you're so passionate about that? I guess I could start by saying that I, I love what I think of as the off-label application of Tableau, which is, I mean, putatively, the purpose of Tableau is to help uh, businesses and companies maximize their profit, and that does not interest me even a little bit. Uh, I care about people and I care about their stories and I care about the power of data uh, to shape our world. And the fact is Tableau Public is this like egalitarian platform where it's open, anybody can do it. Uh, it's a real good avenue for people to get their stories out, but uh, it can be intimidating. Our community is full of people who are really good at what they do. Um, it's full of people who are very vocal about what they do, and it's both intimidating and not everybody knows about it. So what I want, personally, is to see the whole community grow. I want it to get bigger. I want it to include voices that I'm not familiar with. I want it to include voices that other people are not familiar with. So I want that growth to come from these people that I don't already know, and I want them to come from communities that I'm not a part of, and I want to hear their stories told because I just don't hear them. And so what goes along with that is uh, reaching out and trying to identify people who are new to the community or don't, uh, who aren't a part of the community yet or who have the talent or who seem to have the drive or who seem to have the interest and recognize them and motivate them and get them welcomed into our little Tableau world. And then once they're welcomed, make them comfortable. And once they're comfortable, help make them better and make them feel supported and then make them recognized by other people and help them get better and help them become leaders for other people and then help them evangelize this whole idea of data uh, as a message or a way to get your message out to other people. Uh, other people like them, other people not like them. Um, I guess it's because I feel like it's, I've always had it relatively easy. Like we all think, oh, I struggled so much when I was growing up. I'm like, you know what, relatively, I did not struggle a lot growing up. I feel like I got here, like my path was a lot easier. So, paths. I felt like uh, it's my job to take what I've achieved and use it to help other people get to where uh, they want to go. So I want to hear more about how you dig up individuals. Cause you kind of said like, I, it's people I'm not connected with. It's people I'm not aware of. And then what's your, how, like, how do you go about that? How is it? I'm thinking, all right, I need to get better at that. What do I need to be doing to find these individuals that are in, right? They're inherently not connected with us. So what, what vehicle are you using? How are you going about this? Yeah, you're right. Like discovering people is hard. I think discovery is one of the hardest things about Tableau Public in many ways. Like it's hard to find things that you're interested in. It's hard to find new people to follow. Um, that's why, I mean, I didn't start the Follow Friday stuff at all. Like the people at Tableau started Follow Friday, um, but it just kind of sat around for a while. And uh, it occurred to me at one point in time that it was, it 
would have been actually useful if it had been bigger or if more people had known about it or if it was actually easier to go back through time and think of, oh, here's all these people that at one point in time were, were mentioned as, hey, these, these people might be good to follow. They're, they have interesting work. And, and just for the people listening, that not people who are, aren't aware, Mike, you've put together uh, sort of a visualization on your Tableau public site that allows people to go back through the history of the Follow Friday and see all the individuals that have been mentioned as someone to follow, correct? That's right. Um, I mean, it used to be a big thing on Twitter, the whole idea of Follow Friday, back when Twitter was new and you wanted it to grow and it wasn't you know, a place where people went to yell at each other. Um, <laughs> our, our community still doesn't yell at each other, uh, which is nice. Um, but the, the follow Friday thing, like it's not just follow them on Twitter, it's follow their tablet public profiles too. Mm -hmm. um, and actually it's kind of explicitly follow their tablet public profiles because I want people to see the kind of work that everybody is doing and not just what they have to say on Twitter. Cause that's really what it's, what it's about. But if other people who are following my feed and are following the feeds of other people who have gotten active in it. Simon Beaumont uh, does that a lot. Uh, Sarah uh, 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 Bartlett does it a lot. Um, there are a number of people who are pretty consistent about posting uh, people to follow like every week. Um, so I guess one answer is where do I find people is uh, like sometimes it's on Reddit, sometimes it's somebody else uh, retweeted a viz of someone that they know and I dig into that person's public profile and I see, wow, they have some amazing stuff in here. Or they have a number of things that are interesting stories to tell, um, but it's a name I don't recognize. Um, I my, my, my hope, Luke, actually, is that people will start to use the Follow Friday tag enough that it's, that spirals out into other communities. You know, like it's not all people that I know, it's not all people that people, like people close to us know. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if every, if every Friday there's more like 10 or 20 people who are, are suggesting new people to follow, that's much uh, more useful because that'll necessarily come from a lot more circles than the ones that we all are in all the time. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, right? We are, Tableau or the Tableau community would like to think that it is, and it's generally very open, but it's also, uh, it has a lot of micro communities within it, right? Um, whether it's where an individual, kind of the area of practice, I'm thinking like there's a whole healthcare area where there's experts who really interact with each other, like there's this whole sports biz side where there's all kinds of people who can do that sports biz thing. And then obviously there's your local Tableau user groups where you're meeting people and there's all these micro communities and it's how do we reach into those micro communities to pull out the best and brightest. Cause I'm just thinking like even here locally in Minneapolis, there's a dozen people that I should be, I should be participating in this and it's almost a failure on myself not to be actively thinking about it on Fridays. Well, I would say, you know, what's kind of interesting is I I was the recipient of someone fo follow Friday me, and it was actually Britt Kaba about two years ago, I would say. And beyond seeing new voices, I think one thing that's important to talk about, at least it felt this way for me, is it kind of gave me cred, right? It gave me cred. It gave me space in the community to have a voice. I almost needed that push from Britt to say, you're welcome. We want to hear what you have to say. It's worthwhile this is an opportunity for you to show up, you know, don't be afraid. Do you guys think that it has that benefit as well beyond just like, I agree with what you're saying completely, that it gives you a chance to see new and different work and different voices, but do you think it has that side benefit of helping to warmly welcome people in and give them more space for their voice? Yeah, of course it does. Like everybody needs to, or enjoys being recognized. I mean, especially when it wasn't something that they necessarily asked for. That's, mm -hmm. That's like the introvert's dream is somebody comes down from above and says, you, you know what? I noticed the stuff that you were doing and I think it's great. Here, I'm going to show other people that I think your stuff is great. So like, that's like, that's a really big thing is it's the meaningful recognition behind yeah. it. It's not like an artificial recognition where I feel like in some workplaces, you're like, I'm going to praise you for doing a good job for just because you were doing the one thing you had to do that day versus this is coming at rent at random 
from someone in the community who's recognizing that talent. And that's a huge differentiator. From and you said someone. that you work with people or you know people through work that you think are, are valuable follows. Like it doesn't even matter if they're on Twitter, as long as they're on public, like, hey, you know, mention them. Mm -hmm. I saw you did that the other day. There was a really cool Iron Biz entry um, from someone from Poland. And I, I also thought the same thing when you're like, might, that person might only have two uh, Tableau public visualizations, but they're both amazing. And it's just like, yes, absolutely follow. Yeah, it was nice. And you know what it was interesting is we found out that at least one or two people in our bigger community knew her personally and were able to contact her and say, did you know that there's this whole online community that is following your work and likes what you're doing? And she ended up joining Twitter. Now, I don't know how active she's gonna be on Twitter, but that's, again, that's not the point. The point is mm -hmm. we're now aware of somebody who's actually using Tableau, uh, Tableau Public to talk about things that are interesting to her. Okay, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna ask a more controversial question then or, or something we can talk about. So. You know, as leaders in the community, it's certainly our responsibility to help um, grow the community, to help give people an opportunity to be recognized, to be noticed. That's the least that we can do to give back. Is there more that Tableau Public should be doing to foster this sort of um, engagement and collective? Um, I'm sure that there are many ways in which Tableau Public could be better at helping us to find new people. Um, some of these are just technical things. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, imagine that you want, imagine that you want to find visas about a certain topic. How in the world are you going to do that? Because that, that would be a good way to find people who are creating work uh, on topics of, of interest to you. How? What if you want to find people who are in your area who are visiting things on on public? How in the world are you going to find those people? I mean, there's there's just a lot of ways you could be tagging your visas with themes. You could be tagging them with um, with locations. Uh, there could be channels that you put your visas into or or submit your visas to. Right now, if you put something up on on public, uh, the easiest way to get it seen is for it to be a submission into a contest, uh, for it to win visa of the day somehow. Um, or for it to be part of some other initiative that Tableau Public ran. Um, but if you do something good that's completely on your own, from your own brain, on a topic of interest to you, that's much harder. Unless you have a network of people already and you post your thing to Twitter and you post it to Instagram and LinkedIn and anywhere else you could think of, Reddit, or you have a friend post it to Reddit, then then I don't know how we find you. I don't know how we see your vis. Like, I just think that there are things getting lost that don't need to get lost. Um, that's, and that's not even outreach. Again, that's just a technical solution. So if I'm hearing you correctly, do you think that there's an opportunity for Tableau Public to be a much more collaborative platform where conversations about visualizations can be added there? Or does it, should it still exist in its current form of just, here's a gallery, here is a place to house this content? Well, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to that because there's a danger of, allow, if you allow commenting and you know, upvoting, downvoting on business, that can have both kinds of effects. It can have positive and negative effects. And I don't know if you, I mean, I personally don't want to discourage people from using Tableau Public. So I, I don't really want to have anything that isn't, I mean, I'd rather have silence or support, I guess, if I post something. Um, at least on public, that's what I would want so to have. So only a like button, no, only thumbs up, not thumbs down. <laughs> like Facebook. I mean, you can, you can thumbs down my stuff if you want to. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm concerned more about the people who are newer to the platform. If you're trying to get people engaged and you're trying to get people to buy into the idea, I don't think it's, I don't think it's helpful to have people's first uh, attempts be met with uh, you know, negativity rather than creative or constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. I'd really like, if, I mean, I'm asking a lot from the Tableau public team given that they've created this platform for free, but I'd really love to see like, some way to see who the new users are that are coming in so that you can sort of see the work that's being done by those individuals or some 
uh, use some, ba I wouldn't say basic, use some machine learning to sort of match types of, it, right, similar types of individuals or something that I thought, or like, or just maybe even random, just give me five profiles that are always randomly changing every time I change a, change a page at the bottom just so that mm -hmm. it's forcing, forcing me to go look at different work and see different perspectives. I think I actually take back what I'm thinking about with machine learning because then you just end up looking at similar stuff and that's nice too but really in order to grow it's experience other people's work that it isn't like what you're looking at. Right and although you're right like this is a free product like it's still lead generation it's still brand building uh, you're still getting people to associate uh, positive feelings with Tableau by having Tableau public out there um, so yeah. it's not for nothing. They're not doing it out of generosity. <laughs> what? I they just really, Tableau Public for marketing? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but you can use the tool for good if you want to. No, I think, I think you're right. It is a marketing tool, but you're beyond that. It's much more than that, right? Even if it started as a marketing tool, I think about the people that I've helped from a nonprofit perspective from schools and you can see that there's real work up there, right? There are people that legitimately use it as a platform to share their analytics within their organization and on a global scale. There's, there's no doubt. And that's a huge, if you want to call that a side benefit, call it a side benefit, but that's amazing. I think that you know, going back to what you said in the beginning, Mike, about how you're really interested in using data and, and that being something that's more pervasive in the world, that's achieving that goal from my perspective by having and allowing that platform. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I am constantly encouraging people to join public and put stuff up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking at conferences here, and that is the premise of the entire talk. Like, I'm not telling people don't use it because it's kind of a marketing tool. Like I'm saying, do use it because it's a huge opportunity to get your voice out there. Like, um, so you're really good at what you do. You make some awesome, I really think they're elegant and eloquent visualizations. I want to understand like when you're putting, I, I want to like get inside your mind to understand how you put something together. So like when you're coming up with a concept, how does it come up? Is this just like spur of the moment? Because I feel like, I might, be put, I might be assuming a lot here, but I feel like you're someone who comes up with a theme and has it sit and ruminate for you know, a, a small period of time before you decide to take action on it. So I'm just curious, like, what does that process look like for you? Um, well, you're talking about probably things that I do outside of other uh, initiatives, like outside of, like, oh, I did a lot of uh, makeovers last year and some this year and, uh, and outside of like Iron Biz type stuff. Um, stuff that I would do on my own is usually, it's usually born out of something that I read or saw or heard about just in the world. And yeah, you're right. Like it's, it gives me an idea of, oh, I wonder if I can do something with this data or I wonder if this is a story that has data attached to it and I can do something with it. Um, there's a bunch of folders uh, in my Google Drive that are, that are labeled, you know, uh, intentionally abandoned or in process or uh like there's probably like three dozen projects that got started and and i i never continued with because just the idea didn't pan out um but it went part of the way uh and if you're not trying uh if i'm not trying then like what's the point i guess um but when something when something does hit then then yeah it's it's nice when the data and the idea in your head all come together and and the final product looks like what you had hoped a final product would look like. How long do you like when you given an unlimited timeline, hypothetically, like how long does it take? Time's not a factor. How long does it take to put something together? I feel like time's not a factor. It's never getting done. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because like, I don't know what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like, sure. I, I almost always artificially put one month to things. And if, like, if I don't have something done in a month, then uh, it's just what it's going to be because. So there has to be some level of finality. So I'm wondering, how do you determine when some, I guess the real question is when how do you, do you know when something's it? done? Mm. Um, you know what's interesting is that I work what I consider to be very slowly. Um, anything that I do ends up taking a lot longer than what other people take, it seems like. <laughs> That's why like, I was really embarrassed when I went to the live Makeover Monday at the Europe conference 
because I got to the end of it. I was like, I don't have anything. <laughs> I, I can't do this in an hour. Uh, I, I can't do this in six hours because um, I, I just work slowly. However, when you're talking about in terms of days, if I get an idea that seems to be working, I just, I can't stop is the problem. Um, and it actually goes by pretty quickly because I get so like tunnel vision on, let's keep going with this, let's keep going with this, let's keep going with this, oh, it's tomorrow. Uh, I guess I have to stop now, but that's the next thing I'm gonna do when I wake up. Um, there, I think I could say, for example, I did a viz that was the uh, American political universe. Um, it was mostly black and it looked like a constellation of uh, blue and red stars and it sort of represented the uh, political leanings of the U.S. House and Senate uh, over time. And that took probably only a couple of days from start to finish just because I saw the data, I had the idea, I put the, I put the design up uh, or I started working on the design and everything was just hitting exactly the way I would have hoped it would. Uh, and every idea tur turned out right. Um, when there are no blind alleys, it goes really quickly. Uh, the other thing that I did with, uh, uh, with Lila actually was uh, the, um, this, another political one, but it had to do with um, uh, biofabric, which was actually her idea. She's like, oh, I wonder if we can do something with biofabric. And it, it turned out that I think uh, Chris maybe had done something with it before. Christy Martini had done something with it before, or Adam, I can't remember. One of the two of them had done something with it before. Whatever one, it's the right one that we're talking <laughs> about right now. I'll give you two. Adam McCann had done something with it before. <laughs> Christy Martini had done something with it before. A prominent member of the Tableau community had done this in the past. <laughs> um, but it was Lila who brought the idea to me. It's like, oh, I wonder if you could do it. And I tried something. It's like, here, yeah, uh, we can do it. And then it was like, oh, here, yeah, here it is more fleshed out. I'm like, here, you know what? Let's just keep going with that. And that took, again, like very little time from start to finish. Because sometimes it's just the right idea. But you have to accept that most of the time it's the wrong idea. Just people don't see all the, the, the wrong ideas. Like, so if, if you think that every, I mean, I, Luke, I think the Race in America viz that you did last year was one of the best things that you had ever done. And I'm sure that there are many things that you did uh, to start from and then never finished. Oh yeah, that one was a, a very long, tedious process of trying to come up with what it was gonna look like. And yeah, it's certainly, I think when I, I think of the redoing, when I was doing that, it was about a month and it was, I mean, I don't work on it nonstop. It's like an hour here, an hour there, but it's the iterations that I'm putting in on it. And it's for that one, it was a lot about, I looked back at my work and I thought, I don't use color as well as I should. And I want this one to be about how I can effectively use color. So spending time trying to come up with those custom color palettes, mm -hmm. I've probably spent more time looking at color choices than I did putting the visualization together, but that's where I thought it could be most impactful. But that I is mean, to say that after you've done that, you also have a lot of other things that you started and didn't finish, I imagine. Yeah. There's a, I think there's like that, that, that visualization itself was not my original intention of what I was going to do with that data set. I actually had like a, a crazier, I was at the time I was just before that I was experimenting with like 3D maps and I had this crazy idea for a 3D map that I really wanted to put together and it's still like near the top of my list. It's like, I'm eventually going to get right back to that and it's going to be a year later. I think you guys are like hitting on something that like this is how it's bouncing off my brain it's very much like the analytical process like there's a lot of noise there's a lot of nonsense like those non-starter ideas could just be because there's nothing there and i think feeling comfortable and letting that exist is important and and i think also um one of the the bad side effects of social media is you don't get to see that failure play out you only see the success after success after success over and over again and it becomes almost to this point where it seems like if it's something that's just meh, okay you know does it belong is it worthy of sharing right i mean you have to trust yourself that you're going to have more ideas than the one currently in your brain um 
So like, let go of it, man. Like if it's not working, like just, there's going to be more. And even if you share it online, that doesn't make it the final version of that. You should be able to go back and make changes to it. I think that's, we suffer from that when we're like, oh, well, we shared it. So that's the finality of that, that thing that we just shared with everybody because I, I would look imperfect if I made changes to it now that I've received some feedback. Mm-hmm. I, I really want, I feel like for one of the visual, I tried to do this with the last Iron Viz, like, hey, here's what I'm working on constantly for, for my submission. But I almost want to make like a, here's how it's still living and breathing kind of situation. Like I want to constantly be, be iterating on something where it's like, again, almost towards the art side of, of it and less towards like the business part of it, right? Tableau is for that, but almost how do you make something where you can make it almost more performance-like? Hmm. I like sharing stuff, especially when it gets to a certain point. I, I like being done with it. For me, that act of sharing is a great way for me to release it and then just allow myself that opportunity to move along, right? Maybe I need that to get bandwidth, you know, to get bandwidth back, to be able to go back and touch something, but I like the finality of sharing something. Whether it's complete or not, if, if it's at least that step of saying like, I think this is complete, that's helpful for me in my process. Um, so Anne, I've seen you do tips presentations on stage and you're insanely fast. Are you actually fast at actually creating vizs as well? Is that why it's easy for you to share it and then be done with it and move on? So, you know, it's funny, like you, you had said, like your makeover Monday experience at TC Europe, you know, and I read your blog post on it and you're like, you know, I feel like an hour is not enough time. And. I am very self-conscious about how much time it takes me to build things. I've thought for a very long time that people were a lot faster than me. It's really hard to know how fast um, I work. I would say that knowing now, I do think I work kind of fast. Um, but again, how, how, how do you know that? You know, I ask, I've asked people this all the time. How long does it take you to build something? And even when we're talking about it, it's really uh, vague. Um, I have certain things I do that make things, you know, to, to speed things up. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know, like, honestly, objectively, Iron Viz would maybe be the way to figure it out and I can't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you said that your first feeder, the Shakespeare one, um, took what, six hours? Six yeah, hours? It, it took less than a day. So that, it, but it was an interesting process, very similar. So, um, Iron Viz feeder round one, I had this idea to, to do like um, New York Times bestseller books and I spent probably a week. Um, I found these PDFs and I wanted to convert them into data, which turned out like that was really fun and then the data was really boring. So I was literally just like, it was the dumbest data I've ever, <laughs> it was so boring. I just couldn't even stand it. I was like, man, this, this turning PDFs into you know CSVs is so cool, but the data is just like, what is even here? It's all the same things. It was actually quite sad to figure out who, you know, the top fiction sellers are. Anyway, moving on. So I had this idea of, you know, I need to keep it really simple. I like to live in constraints. And so I thought, I was like, you know what? I need a publicly available data set. I need something with pattern that's going to have something interesting because I'll be able to tease it out so quickly. And I knew that Shakespeare sonnets would have that. And so the idea transformed really quickly into a final result. I knew I wanted to um, do things going into it. One of them was to do some sort of sentiment analysis and I was already comfortable in executing that. So the only thing that took time was figuring out the right visual presentation, which was that the bars and the dots and being able to plot the sentiment like that. But again, once that was done, absolutely. It was a six hour project. It was done in a day. and even uh, the quantified self. I mean, Luke, you can kind of attest to this because I did share some of it with him. Probably about um, three days from getting the data, thinking through what I wanted, teasing it out from a conceptual perspective to the final build. And the final build, I mean, Luke, you tell me, I shared with you what it looked like and then you saw the end product. What, what are your thoughts on how that process took? Did it seem fast I, to you? I mean, you did it very fast because, I mean, I feel like, my first thought was, oh, you must have worked on that through the night because as you know, like I only have like an hour, 30 minutes a day if that when I'm doing stuff. So it's like, you see me plotting along and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the things are coming together and Anne's just getting started. And then like two days later, 
boom, you're done. You're like, here it is. I gave yeah. feedback. Walk away. I will say, <laughs> I'll go on this podcast and say, Anne, I gave you feedback and I was a little disappointed. I didn't see any of it implemented because I felt like. No, so that's not true because one of the big discussion points that we had as it relates to feedback from my perspective was you said, you know, quite clearly, what does this mean? What is the purpose? Why did you build this? I don't get it. What are people going to want from it? And that really made me think through what I wanted to share with people. And that's the whole reason why there was even any sort of hint of explaining the purpose behind it. Oh, <laughs> well, I would say that way to go, Anne, way to implement some feedback. And it just goes to show how important giving and getting feedback is. I do think I suffer from, and I'm curious if you guys, um, if this is a problem for you, I fall in love with my work very easily. So it's very hard for me to objectively step back and not only get feedback, but give feedback and critiques to myself. So yeah, you can offload that to somebody else who you trust to give you an honest critique, but uh, a useful and directed critique, not just like, do you think this looks good? What doesn't look good about this? Like it's, I mean, there's whole books written about how to do design critiques properly. Um, but yeah, if, if you have a trusted person like Luke in that situation who can do that for you, that's great. Otherwise, it's hard to critique your own work, you especially if you're under a time constraint, because the best way to do it is to go away from it for a few days and then come back to it and see how you feel about it then. And if it's, if it's just not solving your problems, if it's not answering the questions it's setting out to answer, um, then just gaze upon it lovingly, quietly, and privately and go and do something else for your actual project. Like nobody's going to judge you if you still like this thing that doesn't work uh, just because it looks great. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to share that. That's okay. How can we reach out to the community and get feedback in a private way is what I'm thinking of. Is, because I think, right, we've, we established a couple of relationships, but I'm not sure that everybody is doing that uh, behind the scenes. I think to get feedback in a private way, like you have to be the one who, if you're the one who needs feedback, then you should be reaching out to somebody to ask if they are willing to do it and establish what level of feedback you are looking for. Like, is this just once or is this, hey, can I come to you for feedback on uh, every visit that I do? Or like, there has to be a reasonable expectation and you have to, uh, if you're, again, if you're the one looking for feedback, um, you have to understand that you need to be willing to accept the feedback and, you know, implement the feedback that you're getting. And sometimes this can't be asynchronous. Sometimes it's easier just to do this like in a, you know, in a Zoom meeting or something mm -hmm. uh, because there are questions uh, about like, well, why did you do X? Or what were you trying to accomplish when you did this? Or what were you thinking about when you made it like this? Or why, why is the color like this? And if you, the designer, don't really have good answers for those questions, then your viz probably isn't done. Or at least it's not optimal at that point. Um, like, I just like it isn't a real good answer to any of those questions. Um, but it's often well, the answer you'll hear. I almost feel like when we share things on on the internet, it's almost, unless it's on Reddit, it's the exact, often the exact opposite, which is always like, oh, this is awesome, this is amazing. And I'm the, I wish I was a person who could just say, that's the most awesome thing, because I often am like, I'd rather give a critique, but now I feel like I'm not in a place to give a, I mean, obviously I'm not in a place because they're not asking for it, but I feel like everybody wants an, a little like, hey, here's, here's one thing you can think about to make it even a step better. Or maybe that's just in my mind. Sometimes um, my, like the way that I process things is I, I always am looking for someone to tell me what needs to be improved because it's never perfect. Um, okay, but if you put something out online and you say, hey guys, what's the one thing you would change about this? You're gonna get 15 people answering that and then you're gonna have 15 things to change. Like that's not helpful. And it's also 15 opinions because you're not having a back and forth over, well, why is it like this? Like the people who you're asking for those answers from, they don't know why you chose to do X in the first place. You might have a really good reason that they didn't think of. 
Yeah, I think that you bring up a good point and something that's on my mind is, you know, it's one thing to ask for feedback or ask for a critique. How do you know if it's right to take that or not, you know? And there's always a moment where, you know, I've gotten, you know, feedback in the past and you need to take it or leave it, but that becomes, you know, that can be contentious for a relationship, right? Both ways, you know, you as a designer can feel like a little bit of a failure, like you weren't able to, you know, build something without someone's miraculous idea. And you can be like, oh my gosh, it's, it's less my own thing. It's now our thing. But it can also be the other way where you ask someone, you know, someone who you admire maybe specifically, and then you're like, well, I actually don't think that works. And it becomes a weird, it becomes sour sometimes. Yeah. Like you asked for it. Like, well, okay, but that wasn't, that's not a very nice way to put it, <laughs> but yeah. th that's, I guess that's why, like, if you're doing it privately, it's, it, you, you sort of want to have that trusted relationship established beforehand or, you know be gentle, at least the first time. Um, I like what you're saying about it should be a conversation, right? I think that these things go off much better if there's a dialogue that occurs. That one way, hey, you know, your red sucks is not helpful, but really digging into the details can create a really positive environment for feedback. Yeah, well, and also if you establish with somebody that you, that you have a uh, relationship with, that you're willing to give actual critique, then it means a lot more when you give actual praise. Um, I think that there is a, an overwhelming surplus of praise uh, that is presented to a lot of the stuff that we share publicly. And, and sometimes the critique just, again, has to be silence. Um, and silence doesn't always ring out very loudly. Um, and sometimes it does. Um, sometimes silence, uh, sometimes negative should be read into the silence, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I, I think it, I think it's valuable to, to be a little more honest with your critique, although not cruel. Um, but it, it's, I think we're, we'd be better off if we were giving more, uh, sevens and fours than tens and zeros. That's, isn't that the truth too? It's just that there's, we often don't find nice medium ground and something can be just okay. Like that's. Not everything is until what a zero or a 10 or it just, in my mind, at least it's like, there's a bell curve in there and maybe everybody rates it a little bit differently on how high the, the middle is, but you know, like that's the way that I think about it at least. Yeah. I can go back and look at my own stuff and go like, yep, that was mediocre. I did not give my best effort there. Uh, and you can be honest with yourself. If you can be honest with yourself, like you can be even a little bit honest with other people about it. It's, it's fine, but again, only if it's constructive, if you, if you have specific reasons and, you know, actionable things that you can say about and, and mostly <laughs> solicited uh, comments. I think unsolicited critique is generally not received particularly well. No, I, I, would agree, I would agree with that as that, I mean, well, you would, it might cross your mind. It's, it's better, it's a polite or professional, right? So. <laughs> Have you guys ever, so I've, I've gotten unsolicited feedback before and some that's very pointed, right? I think the, the most um, memorable ones are always like, I would have done this differently. Like you built this and I would have done this differently. Is that, have you guys ever experienced that? And how do you respond? And I'll tell you, I always respond like, thank you for taking the time to look at my work. I appreciate what you have to share with me. Have a great day. Um, I used to have a really mean Twitter avatar, so no, people didn't say that sort of thing to me. Uh, I, I, you've, I've already told the story, but I've gotten a, a LinkedIn message from somebody at one point that said, your, your, visual, your visualization is completely wrong. And, uh, and, and that was basically- Didn't they tell it. you, you you made a terrible mistake? Like, that oh yeah, was, that's that was, you made a like, terrible mistake. <laughs> And um, and then tried to tell me exactly why it was completely wrong. And meanwhile, I had put a ton of time into the thought of the colors that I, I had chosen. And the, the person responding was basically like, you needed to do it the other way. It's wrong. It was just like, that's out of the blue. You could have said, hey, why did you think about it? Uh, that, and did, why didn't you think about it in a different a different way? I want to know why you did it that way. And that's how other people asked it on Twitter. They kind of said, hey, like, I don't get why you chose these colors. Can you tell me more why? Versus you've made a 
huge mistake. <laughs> there's like, there's no helpfulness there. I mean, where, what can you take away from that? Like, okay, I'll just stop. Like that's, that's, that's the, that's the improvement. Yep. I'll do it differently. I'll change it for you right now. <laughs> um, I actually, I was thinking about something while you guys were talking and it's, I think I would critique things differently knowing uh, knowing how far along the person was in their own personal development, in their own biz development. Like, I think I would be much more critical of both of your works than I would be of somebody who is just starting because I know what you both are capable of. And I know you had a lot of experience and I know you can take it if I give you specific uh, harsh criticism on one particular thing. So, so my question there is, would you say on the iron biz, would you rate things a little bit lower knowing that uh, we are capable of better work? This is a two, this is a leading question. This is, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. This is a leading question. And so the, the succinct question is, does someone's like, so is my seven equivalent to a newbie seven? Do you expect more from people who you know can do something even better than what they would typically do? And we've we've had this discussion before, but I'm just very curious hearing it from hearing from other people on this. It's, I don't know that it's that that it's like this isn't your best work. You should do better. It's that mm, like I know you can take it if I critique a certain element of, of what you've done. Like you're talking about judging, and I don't think I don't think judging is necessarily done on a curve. Uh, yeah, uh, and I don't think it is either by any means. But I always like to stir up, the, stir the pot a little bit in in conversation. Yeah, that hasn't happened enough yet. Oh, I know. We were, we've been. I was about to say, hey, Mike, how do you feel about text on visualizations? Oh, hey, I'm pro. <laughs> like, have you have you met him? Have you read any of his work? He's like one of the most well spoken <laughs> individuals out there. Of course, he's gonna really put words on there because he can evoke emotion by the words he chooses. You know, though, it, you know, to uh, not to your point, Luke. I mean, to your implication that it's not <laughs> necessary to have lots of text in your visualizations. Um, you're right. Like in act, just the viz itself doesn't need a lot of text. Um, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that I create really ought to be an article. Like it meant, it's meant to be a, like, a, um, or a sidebar actually, not so much an article, but the sidebar to a larger article, which itself would have a text, like it would, it would have a headline, it would have an intro paragraph, it would have some more wrapping text around it, and then it would have the actual viz. The problem is I'm just doing it all in Tableau. So it looks like a text heavy viz. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just misusing the tool. But really, a lot of what we do in public is misusing the tool anyway. So I don't get bent out of shape about doing that. I think that uh, that Rob and Chris's data beat stuff is exactly what I'm trying to do, except way better and uh, in the right, uh, sorry for the pun, medium for it, because it's on medium. Get it? Uh, because they're doing this. <laughs> have, insert heavy eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> insert doge. Um, <laughs> Because, like, they're actually doing this long-form, you know, citizen journalism uh, and then putting visualizations in where it's appropriate. But the visas themselves aren't text-heavy. They're just lightly annotated. And all the explanation comes from the copy. That's something. I, I actually agree with you on all of that. And, I, and I've tried to go down that route inside of Tableau, but it's just so difficult. And it's obviously not the space. It's definitely... Uh, I, ideally, you do have, it's what you're embedding into a larger article or a bigger story. Um, and that's, that's hard to do because you want people to go to Tableau Public and you want them to check out your, your site and, or your page. And, um, but at the same time, it, that's why, as you said, that's where we end up having to hack the tool a little bit and not necessarily use it for its purpose. You know, we've had access to the JavaScript uh, API through Tableau for a long time, but I've done very little with it because in order to use it, you have to host your stuff. You have to embed your visas on something else, at least as far as I understand it. And so I very rarely do it because I don't want to point people to a separate website. I just want people to go to public and find it on public instead of going to public and seeing something that looks half finished just because, well, yeah, it is half finished if you don't see it in the context of this larger web page. Mm 
Yeah. What's an important discussion point for you? You've got us. We're a captive audience. We're at your mercy. Well, actually, the stuff that I wanted most to talk about was uh, the stuff right at the top, which was about um, about the the building a bigger community, a more diverse community, and what the point of uh, getting people involved in the community is. The most interesting takeaway from what you said is, again, we go back to what, you know, the very beginning of this, this is something that's so close to your heart that you're willing to do it. And I love that, you know, it is very personal when you make it about that. I think that's amazing. You know, it just demonstrates how committed you are to the people. Uh, but it's not just the people. I mean, it is, it is the people, but it's because it's the people who, you know, we're all people who like facts. <laughs> we all like reality. Uh, and, and this is not a good time for facts and reality. Uh, so I would like to encourage everybody in our community who is very pro-data and pro-truth and pro-facts to use everything at their disposal to, to be on the side of putting facts out in the public. I mean, if they have all this ability already, uh, don't keep it to yourself and don't just give it to your company to, to increase the, the PL figure. Now you're making me feel guilty for trying to make a dollar. <laughs> if, if I didn't make dollars, I, I couldn't, I couldn't spend other time doing this, but I mean, I don't mean to, to slag uh, other people who do this, but that's why I don't do very many sports visits. Like I've seen sports visits. I would so like then, to be surprised by things. Okay. So that's a really good um, thread. Like what's missing, you know, what, what types of visualizations, what things in the community are, you know, it's now overload and what new things would you like to see? I genuinely want to see things that surprise me, which is why I can't answer that question. Like I just have, I'm just one man and I only have one frame of reference. Like, I don't know everybody else's experiences. I don't know what data is out there. I don't know what is going to resonate with other people. And I, I need other people to do that work uh, of finding that data and putting the stories out there. And my job is making sure that there are enough people like that in our world who can do that. So what's the last thing that surprised you? Do you know what bread and salt is? Mm -mm. Bread and salt is Nye's uh, entry into... I think the round one of the Iron Viz feeders last year. Bread and Salt is about bakeries in Syria that were still operating uh, during the war. I didn't know that this data was out there. I can't imagine that this data actually existed. I would never have thought to look for it. I thought it was uh, a totally unique view of the world. I thought the message was uh, spectacular. And it's not, it's not a very curvy viz. <laughs> There's stuff in there that's actually default, but um, I've seen hundreds of sports visits since then. I've seen thousands of total visits since then. And I can tell you the layout of that viz. I told you the name of it. I told you who did it. I told you what it was from. I remember everything about it. I want more of that. Yeah, I mean, I can tell even just listening to you talk about it that there's an emotional impact to to what you what you've seen. Let me ask you this: Have you expressed to Nye the impact that it's had on you at all? Um, yeah, but I don't know if she knows exactly how much it was. Hmm. Man, I don't know if I can how to I don't know if I can follow that up with the most. And that really says something, though, right? Because. It's been a year, almost two year, a year and a half, two years since that last entry, which just shows that we're at a point that we're not seeing and not getting novel, impactful visualizations the way that we should be. Yeah, like I'm afraid of us, you know, chasing our own tail and just following ourselves down the same hole over and over again and doing similar visits over and over again, and you know, like there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, I'm not trying to get people to stop doing things, uh, stop doing sports visits, stop doing pop culture visits, stop doing things that are fun. Like, I'm not trying to be like the don't do fun guy. Like, but I'm saying- You don't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I am saying that there's other things out there and there are other stories out there and there are other people who are uh, dying to tell these stories and have the ability to tell these stories and we need to do a better job of finding them. And that's why it's important for me to identify anybody from anywhere uh, that I can and bring them into this community and, and make our collective story more interesting and more diverse. Obviously, we're just diving into a conversation, and I feel like this is something that we can always continue to talk, to talk about, not just the three of us, but getting others involved on Twitter, on Tableau Public, and figuring out a way in order to extend and grow the community in an actual meaningful way. That's the thing. It's not just the giving it lip service on growing it, but actually being a part of it me after tonight thinking how can i what can i do better and there's a lot i can do better um, so thanks for coming it's uh it's been a great conversation we have to figure out a way to like do chat with mike round two eventually yeah my takeaway from this and, and it's been my experience so far I've, I've said this that this whole process this thing that we're doing it's very liberating for me to help express myself in, in a very two-dimensional thing I think that I gained so much out of this and I hope that you know Luke you do and Mike you have as well I'd love to see how this could be something that was more common I don't know what that looks like I don't know if that's even realistic but uh, to me this is what gives me my energy to keep on going and to just be like yes you know there's you know people out there you know it's less just a phone right well i want to thank you both for asking me to be a part of this and for letting me talk about the stuff that that matters to me and i'm glad it had an impact on you guys and i hope it has an impact on on everybody else who listens and watches and and participates in our in our little world that could be a lot bigger your question i'm just interpreting i never said any of this oh god <laughs> no we're not back yet we are not back <laughs> it's the hardest part is the beginning i don't know for whatever reason you just you do the intro <laughs> some people are good openers and some people are good closers i'm a closer <laughs> <laughs>